You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone. I am super excited because I have Lisa Smith on the line. Now, Lisa is a sales expert, and she's here to talk to us about everything sales when it comes to our small businesses. So, hey, Lisa, how are you? I'm great, Tiffany. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So let's just hop right in for the audience. Great. So when we think about sales, there's always these buzzwords going around. Okay. Sales cycle, sales process, know your audience, blah, blah, blah. Can you break that down for our people? What is a sales process and why is it important for small business owners? I would love to do that. So it is, uh, we do need to demystify this a little bit because there is a lot of jargon out there. And I really believe uh, that it's got kind of a sales has a bad rap. So if you think about sales, particularly if you're selling a service or your time or your knowledge for a fee, uh, professional services. Think about this really as building relationships with individuals so you can help them solve a problem. At the very bottom baseline level, that is really what sales for professional services is. Say you're an engineer or you're an accountant or you are, uh, you're a lawyer or you are some kind of a consultant, right? Or you're a coach. Basically, what you're trying to do is build a relationship with someone so that you can help them uncover and resolve a problem. That is it. Mm -hmm. Now, there are steps along the way that you are going to do in order to make that happen. And there are lots of components that you can, levers you can pull that can make that happen. But that's kind of the baseline. So I can walk through the steps if you'd like me to. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Because I'm like, okay, so what do I need to do? I have my pen and paper ready. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. So here's a lot of people, particularly young businesses, but not it's not all young businesses fail. They don't articulate or really got to get in their mind a solid idea of who their target is. So who do they want to work with? Target meaning what kind of customers do they want to work with? What kind of customers are going to be um, the best relationships, the most fruitful, that you can charge the fairest price, okay? So if you start to define... Literally, some people will say, you know, create a um, persona, make up a person, or if you have a great client now, you want to find other people like that client, use them as a model to understand who else you want to target. Here's why you want to do that. They're easier to find when you know who you're looking for. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I like to think about it as like, I've defined my client, her, my target is name is Ingrid. And she's got certain qualities. She owns a business, right? It's a certain amount of employees. There's a certain amount of, she has a certain amount of revenue. And I'm going to talk about this in a little bit detail because it impacts everything, every other step in the process. And I like to talk about this as being like, now that I've defined who Ingrid is, it's as if she's wearing a purple hat in a crowd. Now when I'm out, either I'm networking or I'm talking to people or people are referring business to me or I'm doing advertising, I'm doing all kinds of activities to try to connect with my next client. I look for people like Ingrid who are wearing a purple hat in a crowd. Now I know where to find her. And when you know where to find her and you know what she's looking for, you can then craft messaging kind of what are you going to talk about when you find her, right? What are you going to say? How are you going to solve her problem? You can craft all the things you need to in order to help her understand what you do so that you can then get to into a conversation, which might then lead to a sale, which is she would, you probably provide a proposal 
or some kind of transaction, and then she's going to secure you as a as a consultant in B two B, right? professional services. And then you're going to try to work with her to continue to gain her trust and keep her satisfied. So it's this idea of find out who your target is. That will inform where they are, where you should use your, place your marketing or your advertising if you're going to do those things. What kinds of messaging, what kinds of content should you create for her? I'm using her as an example because it's Ingrid. And then try to address some of her issues. That's kind of part of that acquisition side of the sales funnel. Then you're going to have some activities around making an offer, negotiating a price, that kind of thing. That's kind of the sale piece. And then you're going to have Ingrid as a client. You want to keep her satisfied. And you want to then, on the, this is where a lot of people fall off as well, you want to then also grow that relationship. You want to um, continue to try to think of ways that you could serve Ingrid and her business and her company. Sometimes it's called upselling or cross-selling. So upselling is, do you want fries with that? Like you came in for a hamburger, <laughs> right? And then they said, do you want fries with that? They sold more because they said, of course I want fries. I can't have a hamburger without fries. Are you, are you crazy? And now I need a shake, right? That's upselling. You know, are there additional services beyond the base that you could serve her? And then are there, you know... Are there other services? Do you have other aspects of your company that you could sell her over time? Because for professional service, people who are selling their time and money, B2B, professional servicers, they actually, retention of clients is 80% of your revenue. So most of your business is going to come from your existing clients, keeping them happy, repeating work with them, and growing that work, as opposed to thinking about always trying to find new people, because that's costly. That takes time and money and resources. So if you focus on the retention side, which is the other side of the sales funnel, then you are um, you're more efficient in your business. You can keep more money, make more profit, and then you can create referrals, uh, referrals, excuse me, um, so that they will then bring business to you because you've done such a good job. So that's the whole sort of cycle, mm. uh, kind of the sales process. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you know, I'm over here like, yes, I get it. I know what I need to do, but Lisa, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> here we go. Let's get to the truth. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Personally, um, I've always had this um, narrative that I tell myself that I'm not good at sales. Right. Like, you know, I know that I need to define my customer. Okay, I did that. But now it's time to reach out to people, you know, maybe send some emails, right. maybe post something, you know, engagement, whatever. Yes. And then I get stuck. Yep. And so... I want to talk a little bit about the mindset behind that because, you know, people have told me over the years, like even when I was working in corporate America um, and they were trying to get me over to the sales side, right. the dark side, no, I was kidding. The dark side, right. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> that's what they called it. Yes, but, I know. Um, and many people call it that. <laughs> so they were like, Tiffany, you know, you should, you know, come over to sales. You're really good at relationship building and, you know, you make more money. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not really good at sales. Yeah. And I always told myself that. Yeah. So what is that mindset piece if people are listening like myself yeah. and they're like, I'm just not good at sales, Lisa. I get it, but I'm not good. Uh, what can you tell us? Here is the deal. Everyone says this at some point in their, in their life. Everyone says this. First, what I want to say is that unconsciously you're selling yourself without realizing you're selling yourself. 
So think about any negotiation you have with any other human being, right? So I, I know that sales is about kind of at some point there's a monetary transaction. Someone is handing you over money for what you do, right? But if you if you think about it at a higher level, when you're trying to get a promotion, you're selling yourself. When you're trying to ask somebody out on a date, you're if people still do that, you're selling <laughs> yourself, right? Like if if you are um you know, if you uh, are looking for a job, you're selling yourself. So I think this idea uh, of sales, and it's kind of like, I'm not good at math, right? There are these things that we tell ourselves that we're not good at, because there are some parts of sales that are hard, right? I'm I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie and sugarcoat it here. I'm going to say there are. And the thing is, it just takes discipline. And some people who are more introverted will say, well, I'm not, I'm not comfortable talking with people. I don't know how to do that. I think if you take the idea of the transaction out of the conversation, if here's the mindset piece, if you go in to whatever aspect of your job you're in, even if you're in project management or you're in accounting or whatever, and you say, I'm just going to learn more about the people around me. What happens is as you do that, you build trust. And when you build trust and when you ask questions and when you're a good listener, that is at the end of the day for professional services, that is really what the sales cycle is about. It's about asking great questions, listening, following up, right? Being naturally curious about the other person in front of you. And then you're thinking to yourself, well, wait, they're talking about this problem and I might be able to solve that. And then naturally you start talking about yourself or at some point they say, hey, let me learn a little bit more about you. So I know the model out there is the car salesman and I've got 500 big reasons why you need to buy a Mazda Protégé, right? Like I know there's a lot of that stuff out there that's very, very in your face. But at the at the end of the day, from a mindset perspective, really it's about getting to know somebody else and being curious and building trust. That is really what sales is. And then you can talk about the other stuff later. The other piece I'll tell you that's always the hardest part is, oh, I'm good at the meeting people part. I'm bad at the follow-up. Mm-hmm. That is me. Right? Like, <laughs> okay, I can do the first part. Now I got the second part and it's bad. And here's the hang up here. People don't do follow-up, not because they're lazy, but because they don't want to be pushy. They don't want to be aggressive. They don't want to be intrusive. They don't want to be that car salesman, schmarmy, like, you know, you got to talk to me, you got to talk to me, you got to talk to me. So instead, what I try to tell my clients and people that I do in training is, think about it this way. If you had a great conversation, you didn't actually ever bring up, maybe. You met somebody, you you had a conversation, and you want to, okay, in the sales jargon, it's called keep them warm. You want to just continue your relationship building with them, keep them warm. So you, when you follow up with them, you don't have to say, oh, and by the way, this is what I do and you should buy my services. Follow up doesn't need to be that. It's really just this idea of I'm going to make some friends and maybe we go out for coffee, right? Or I'm going to do this and maybe we'll go out for a cocktail. Um, you know, so you, it's keeping the conversation going. And you're learning more about each other. And um, follow up means you can remind them that you had this great conversation because, quite frankly, we are all moving so fast. There's no headspace to remember that, oh, yeah, two weeks ago, I had this incredible conversation with Tiffany. So if you think about follow-up as being, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed meeting you. Like again, we're not, there's no agenda. I really enjoyed meeting you and I would love to just continue a conversation when it's when it's you know convenient for you. Or if they did bring up something that they wanted to try to solve, hey, I might have 
a, um, a way, a, a resolution for you to solve that. Let's have another cup of coffee. That is not aggressive. That is saying, hey, I'm just trying to keep top of mind with you, as opposed to being like, you know, I've got 500 big reasons why you got to buy this Mazda Potion. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now, okay, so that's a gym. So I'm going to definitely utilize that. Now, here's another thing that I run into too. Okay, so I'm great at having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little too good because usually... <laughs> I'm giving everything away. So, you know, yeah. So that's another extreme that I kind of want to talk about. How do we strike the balance between building these relationships, providing, you know, information of value, you know, to like say, oh, I know what I'm talking about, but also cutting off, like (laughs) getting to a point where it's not too much. Yeah. No, that's a great question, Tiffany. And I don't talk about this as often because people don't ask this, but I think that's a really great question because it's easy to feel like, well, I'm so excited about this new relationship. I want them to know everything there is to know about me, right? Um, And I think that there are a lot of schools of thought on this, this kind of stage of a relationship when you're talking about business. Some people are like, give a lot of stuff away for free um, if you're a consultant because, you know, you might as well not gate that or Mm -hmm. secure that. Give it away and then – but what they really need is your intellect and experience in how to apply whatever it is that you do, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say you have a – I don't know. It could be anything. Five big ways that, you know, to start a podcast. You could probably give that away. Uh, because you're doing it, you have some expertise there. But how, the nitty gritty of it really would need to be you telling somebody how to implement those five steps, right? So that's one school of thought. Give them some things that encourage them to follow up, so they feel like you feel like you're giving them something of value. But it's not everything, right? So you can kind of like throw a throw a, a little bit of a, a barrier around that. Sometimes it's just lit- this sounds really crazy, but it's simple. Write down the things you want to try to talk about. And then, you know, keep them coming back for more by saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through three and then I'm just going to stop talking. And one easy way to do that is just keep asking questions about them. People love to talk about themselves. So if you feel like you're starting to get like a little too excited and you're giving it all away, like just start asking more questions about them and then they'll turn the conversation on them and you're going to learn even more about them and their pain. So kind of two ideas about, you know, giving a little bit of a way, you know, a little bit away or, um, you know, turning the conversation back on them to learn more about them. Mm, that's a really good idea. Um, so I'll definitely be implementing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, another uh, situation that may come up for our small business owners, because I know it comes up for me is that I'll have people reach out. So they've, they're have they already warm. They're okay. like, ooh, I really want to utilize your services. Great. We hop on a call. Yep. Um, you know, at that point, like this may be our first conversation, but they've already seen all my stuff. Okay. So they already know they want me. And so we get on the call. They want to go straight into, you know, the logistics and everything like that. Okay. Now, okay, let's say we get there afterwards. 
Mm-hmm. The after the consultation call, after the initial call, that yep. follow up. Um, I know that's where a lot of small business owners like myself also kind of die off of the the process. Yeah. yeah. So, what are some tips that you can give us in regards to that? So, like we've had the call, we've maybe okay. sent the proposal, mm-hmm. and now we're kind of just stale. We're at a stalemate. Yeah, this is a tough one because it has changed a lot. Even in the last year, it has changed a lot. And and prospective clients have really um, started, unfortunately, ghosting consultants. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a it's a it happens to me all the time too. It's a challenge. So I'm going to give you two or three things that you can think about, and these are different philosophies. So they have your proposal sitting and uh, in front of them, and they were super excited when they got off the call. And now, and you're trying to give them time to assess, right? So you don't want to be aggressive, but you want to keep the excitement going. One school of thought is send them some kind of a reminder. Uh, maybe you create. Uh, a piece that you can use over and over again and customize maybe the, the who is it to and uh, you know what you were talking about. Maybe it's an email and say like, oh my gosh, our conversation about this, you know, this project was so exciting. Here are my key takeaways. So you're keeping them warm because again, they may have in the moment had an incredible conversation with you, but um, now they had to move on to 50,000 things and they may have forgotten that that incredible proposal is sitting on their desk. So you just like, hey, here were my key takeaways from our conversation. You're not selling them. You're not saying, have you made a decision on that proposal yet? You're just keeping it uh, top of mind. And often someone will be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you reminded me. Yes, let me return back to that. I'm going to get back to you in X days or whatever, right? So you, you, you know, you're trying to keep it fresh. The other way to look at that is this can be considered a little bit more... I hate to use this word, but a little bit more manipulative, but you can say, Hey, we had a great conversation. You know what? You use the calendar or use other things to try to get them to um, remember that they have this proposal. Hey, my, my calendar is really booking up and I am holding space for you because I really want to work with you. Now that's probably an authentic message. Mm -hmm. I really want to work with you. I'm holding this time for you. Uh, Do you have any indication of when you might want to start working together? It's a prompt to help remind them like, oh yeah, I got to sign that proposal because we have to do this thing, right? So you use, it's it's a little passive aggressive. You're using a way to remind them by saying, I really want to work with you. I'm holding all this time, but hey, by the way, I'm a business owner too. And I want you to respect the fact that, you know, if you're not going to make a decision or, you know, sometimes now this one's highly controversial. You have to be pretty confident to do this one. I have seen some consultants and I've used this once or twice. I've seen some consultants say, you know what? I haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. So I'm assuming that you're moving on or you found another solution. And that's okay. I just want to know so that I know how to plan. So um, I, you know, hopefully in the future we'll have a, uh, we'll have a opportunity to work together. But if you've moved on, just let me know. That also prompts them to say, no, no, wait, I was really busy. I didn't mean to move on. You know, I didn't mean to be out of touch. So there's a lot of different ways that you could do that. And sometimes I'll be honest with you, they just ghost you. Like there isn't a good... (laughs) I was just trying to read an article about there isn't a good reason. I think people just get busy or they don't want to commit or, um, you know, if you, and if you get into pricing, I have a whole other thing we could talk about pricing. If people say you're too high, I have all other, a lot of other strategies to say, okay, how can we still work together if someone says you're too high? Oh my gosh. Um, and so that opens up a whole other can of worms when we get get into the pricing conversation. Cause I know that 
a lot of small business owners struggle with that. So I'll probably have to have you back. <laughs> I love it. Do it. I love it. I have lots of tips on how to like not lose the job if someone says you're too high. Lots. OMG. Well, y'all, we are definitely having Lisa back. So make sure you watch out for that episode. But we don't want to give it all away here. So, you know, this is part of the sales. No, I'm just kidding. Right, exactly. <laughs> Leave right. them on the hook. No, but um, thank you so much for sharing these tips with us today. This was great. Like, even myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I have so many notes going over here. I'm also like, I probably need to hire Lisa to coach me through some of this stuff. So if <laughs> anyone out there is having the same thought as me right now, how could they find you? <laughs> the best way is to actually just connect with me on LinkedIn. So it's Smith Co. Sales. Yep. You can find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me and then we'll have a conversation. Thank you so much, Lisa. You dropped so many gems. Can you give us just a couple of tools that would make our lives easier as small business owners? Oh, I'd be happy to do that. So a couple of key takeaways to think about. Um, one is thinking about leveraging. I know this sounds crazy, but leveraging AI in your business, particularly when it comes to follow up or, um, creating or writing emails or content. I use a couple of tools that beyond just chat GPT, uh, especially when I'm in LinkedIn, if you leverage LinkedIn as a professional service and it's, these are free tools. One is called EVAI. It's E-V-Y. AI. And it's a plugin that you can download and put into your LinkedIn uh, profile. And it will help you create comments when you are, you want to comment on people to keep um, in, in your network, to keep people warm and to build your brand. Um, and there's all kinds of tones. You can use a happy tone, professional tone, and it fills the comment in for you. So you know, if you're using LinkedIn as a way to reach out to professionals and to build um, business connections, a lot of that is through, you know, commenting on each other's posts and, and, and liking their engaging with their content. This does this and saves so much time. It's authentic. You're posting it. You can tweak it and change it before it goes live. So it feels like it's from you, but it saves so much time. I'm all about saving time, right? Mm -hmm and using free tools. There is another tool, and I will need to get this address. I think it's martech.com that lists all the different marketing um, kind of apps and software platforms that you can use for your business. Again, a lot of them start out as free. Um, and they, but they, you can search by um, function. So you want a project management tool, you want a video tool, you want a customer relationship management tool, like a CRM. You can search by the function as opposed to just like, I don't even know where to start, right? So those are two resources that I love that can help you start to automate your processes to save you time, but you don't need to lose it don't a they don't cost a lot of money because they're free, and you don't need to lose the human connection that you're trying to make. I love that, and just implementing some AI and different tech tools um, to make our lives easier, I think, would be very helpful. So yes. thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for that. And I'll make sure I have that in the show notes for everybody because I'll definitely be connecting with Great. Lisa on LinkedIn. <laughs> 
So thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I look forward to our next conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and a joy. Anytime. All right. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>